Well, good afternoon. A uh, couple of weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, I told you that we were going to start digging in a little bit more to the book of Proverbs, looking into the book of Proverbs and mining it for the wisdom that it has and that it is stored up for our lives. And this afternoon, uh, that's exactly what I plan on doing. I plan on opening up to the book of Proverbs, and then I encourage you to turn there as well as we see what kind of wisdom it supplies for us in regards to relationships, and especially, primarily, this is the purpose of this afternoon, is to look at the, the wisdom that it has in our relationships with our friends. In God's all-sufficient Word, He has provided for us the wisdom necessary to develop good relationships with those that we are around. And you know, it's really possible for us to, to take a lesson like this and say, well, this is a lesson that is really important for the younger generation. This is a lesson that's really important for children while they are in the formidable years and they choose their peers and choose who they're going to be around. But I want to suggest that this is a very important lesson for all of us, no matter our age. When we choose who it is that we, we decide that we are going to relate with, that we are going to share a, a relationship with, whether it be... A, a just a pal, whether it be a, someone that we hope would later become a spouse, uh, no matter what that relationship, where it will lead, when we choose to have a relationship with somebody, we, we need to make sure that we are doing so in a way that is wise. And so God's Word helps us to develop those good relationships, and it also helps us to, to avoid the pitfalls that sometimes destroys those good relationships. A good portion of this wisdom is found right here in the book of Proverbs, and much is revealed regarding the subject of friendship. One of the first things I want to look at this morning is we're going to look at the value of friendship. What I think we will see right off the bat is friendship is very valuable because it's a great source of comfort. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 17. In Proverbs chapter 17, and specifically in verse 17, we see that friends can be such a great source of comfort, whether it be good times or whether it be bad times. It says in verse 17, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Uh, adver wow. A brother is, for, is born for adversity. Excuse me. Um, how many times have you in your life said, you know what? I'm going to look back, and, and I'm, just, I'm, I'm so tired of having friends. They really brought me down. I wish I, I didn't have any, and I sure don't want to see any of them today. Anybody ever had that feeling? I sure hope not. I know I've never had that feeling because I love seeing my friends. I can't wait to spend time with my friends because they make me feel good. They pick me up whenever I'm having a bad day. They make me laugh. And not only that, but they encourage me. They encourage me because they push me, to, uh, push me forward through their good counsel. That's another source of value that we find in our friends. They help me to see direction in my life. And I'm most thankful for that when that direction is leading me somewhere that I don't want to go. And my friends are there to, to help to point that out and help me to straighten that out. In Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 9, we see that, we can, that, that the counsel of friends can bring great delight to our lives. It says in 27 verse 9, Oil and perfume make the heart glad, so a man's counsel is sweet to his friends. And I ask you, what's better than the counsel of a friend? Well, obviously, it's the counsel of many friends. Proverbs 11, verse 14 goes on to tell us that. 
says, where there is no guidance, the people fall, but in abundance of counselors, there is victory. Counsel is certainly a very valuable thing. And a friend who not only offers us comfort, who picks us up, who cheers us up, who, who makes us to feel good when they are around, but who does so and also provides counseling and is someone who we can trust to steer us in a good direction, that friend is certainly a great blessing. But we also must be very careful when we choose our friends because there can be friends that are not such a great blessing. Look at Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 26. It says, The righteous is a guide to his neighbor, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. It means that we need to be very considerate when we choose who is going to be our friend. Now I want to be very very uh, clear here. This is not when we choose who we're going to be friendly with, but who we are going to have as our friends. We need to be careful because obviously we're going to be considerate and kind and, and civil to everyone that we meet. But who are we going to closely relate ourselves with in that bond of friendship? There are certain type of people that we don't want as friends. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 19 talks about one of them. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 19 says, He who goes about as a slanderer reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a gossip. If your friend comes to you constantly with all the juicy details of everybody else's life, you better watch out. Because it's not going to be too long before those juicy details are yours and they're being whispered in somebody else's ear. We obviously don't want to be friends and have close relations with someone who is habitually a gossip. Somebody else that we don't want to be friends with is someone who is short-tempered. Look in Proverbs 22. In Proverbs 22 and verse 24 through 25 says, Do not associate with a man given to anger, or go with a hot-tempered man, or, he, or you will learn his ways and find a snare for yourself. Have you ever been around someone who, who is like this? Maybe they're not mad all the time. They're not mad all the time, but when something happens and they just get enraged and they're a close friend of yours and you're around that friend when they're angry, what happens to you? You start to feel a little angry too. Something has happened to my friend that has made them feel injustice and they're mad about it and I'm starting to have that same feeling. The, uh, the fact is anger oftentimes does breed anger. And not only when we begin to possibly feel angry because of, because of the friends that we are with and how they feel, but oftentimes they're going to expect us as their friend to feel like they do. So we need to choose wisely our relationships with those who are very easily angered and very easily enraged. We also want to make sure that we are avoiding those who give themselves over to drinking and to gluttony, as Proverbs 23 tells us. Look in verse 20. It says, For there will be no... <clears throat> excuse me, 23 in verse 20 says, Do not be with heavy drinkers of wine or with gluttonous eaters of meat, for the heavy drinkers and the glutton will, become, will come to poverty and drowsiness will clothe one with rags. Here we see three forms of evil that destroys reputations and tempts us to become very wasteful. Those who are giving to heavy drinking, those who are given to gluttony, or, or those who are gluttonous. The NIV says those who gorge themselves on meat. And also those who are given to drowsiness. The dangers of drinking are far too evident in our life. And unfortunately, it is the very dangerous and sad thought of this generation and many others that have come before us to focus on that word heavy. Don't give yourselves to those who are heavy drinkers. 
The rest of this passage goes on to detail the dangers of drinking and gives the admonition to not even look at wine. But what about gluttons? What about those who are drowsy? You know, gluttony does seem to be the sin that all Christianity loves to ignore and loves to overlook. Does that mean that our friends must not be overweight? I certainly hope not, because if you judge off the BMI, I'm not going to be able to be friends with anybody. Apparently, I am morbidly obese, according to them. Our English word glutton comes from a Latin word called, that is pronounced glutire, which means to gulp down, to swallow, to overindulge, to overconsume food, drink, or wealth to the point of extravagance and waste. In short, it is a lack of self-control. Even when we look at those who are drowsy, which is probably talking about the effects of those who are given to heavy drinking and those who are gluttonous, but even those who are content to lie around and to do nothing with their lives. Maybe they want to stay up all night and watch TV or play video games. And again, we see what they well, again we see a view towards self-control. Do they have the ability to control themselves? This is not a friend that you want. This is not someone that you want to associate, associate yourself with because not only do you run the risk of tarnishing your own reputation, but you run the risk of joining with them in their lust for things of this world. Join in them with making a god of their belly. So we need to watch out for those as well that are given to those things. We also want to watch out for those who are given to change, those who are flippant. Look in Proverbs 24, verse 21 and 22. It says, My son, fear the Lord and the king. Do not associate those who are given to change. For their calamity will rise suddenly, and who knows the ruins that comes from both of them. How frustrating is it? How frustrating is it when someone is constantly changing their mind for something? Maybe you are trying to make plans, and first we're going to do this. And well, no, no, now we're going to change and we're going to do this. And we're going to meet at this time. And then, well, wait a minute, I need to, I need to push it back a little bit farther. And then. I'm not going to be there. I can't come. And it is so disappointing. They have to cancel on you and you've made all these plans and it drives you crazy. But in the context of verse 21, it's talking about something a little bit worse than that. It's actually talking about people who are, are given to change in regards to the king and to God. Someone who is experimental with their beliefs. Someone who, who flip-flops from day to day in their religion and on what they believe. A person who is not capable of making a wise decision because they are not capable of being grounded or are not, are not grounded in their convictions. How much counsel, how much comfort is this person going to be able to give you in your times of need when they can't even counsel and comfort themselves and can't even come to a, a, a conviction on their own beliefs? Another friend that we see that we would want to stay away from is found in Proverbs 25, verses 18 through 20. Proverbs 25, verses 18 through 20 says, Like a club and a sword and a sharp arrow is a man who bears false witness against his neighbor. Like a bad tooth and an unsteady foot is confidence in a faithful, faithless man in time of trouble. Like one who takes off a garment on a cold day, or like vinegar on soda, it is he who sings songs to a troubled heart. The need for honest, faithful Considerate friends should seem pretty obvious to us. But how many times have we seen, whether in our lives or in somebody else's lives, when someone was in just this type of relationship? A relationship with someone they couldn't trust. 
a relationship with something who lied to them and didn't consider them whatsoever. For anyone who has, has ever had a tooth that has become abscessed or some sort of nerve damage, damage, you can absolutely understand what it's talking about here in verse, in verse 19 when it says that a faithless man is, is reckoned to these things, to a bad tooth, to the pain that it, that it gives you, obviously, but also to the uselessness of that tooth. Trying to chew food on a tooth that, is, that has been damaged in some way is almost impossible. But what about verse 20? Taking off a garment on a cold day, pouring vinegar on soda. This doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, does it? It kind of makes you wonder if they're talking about maybe like a bad prank or something. Can you imagine if you went to take a drink of a nice refreshing Sprite and instead you got a mouthful of white vinegar? The King James Version reads, As he that taketh away a garment in cold weather. And as vinegar upon niter, so is he that singeth songs to a heavy heart. I had to look this up because I had no idea what niter was. Niter is a substance that is also known as sodium carbon, which is basically baking soda. We can understand the, the, the use of baking soda and, and keeping things fresh and even in cleaning a little bit. In fact, baking soda does have a certain amount of disinfectant abilities, and vinegar has a certain amount of disinfectant abilities. And when you mix vinegar and you mix baking soda together, you get a compound that's scientifically known as salt water which has very little disinfectant abilities. It might be pretty good at scrubbing stuff off because it's abrasive, but being able to actually clean germs off of things, it kind of ruins it when you mix them together. So what does that mean for our friendships? When one sings songs to a heavy heart here, he is not talking about one that's trying to cheer one up. We're not talking about one that is rejoicing with those who rejoice or weeping with those who weep. In fact, we're talking about someone who's just the opposite. Someone who takes a coat away on a cold day is someone who is cruel. Someone who adds vinegar, uh, or adding vinegar to soda spoils it. And so is an inconsiderate friend. It is a friend who is cruel and is going to spoil that relationship that you have. If these are the types of friends that we do not want, if these are the types of people that we, we want to stay away from in regards of creating those close relationships with, and we choose who's going to be our friends, well, then what does the Proverbs say about the people that we do want? What kind of friends do we do, or should we want, that we see in Proverbs? In Proverbs 13 and verse 20, one of the kind of friends, uh, one of the qualities that we want to look for in the friends that we choose is found in Proverbs 13 and verse 20. He who walks with, with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. We certainly desire to be wise. If the phrase garbage in, garbage out is so true, then the opposite must hold water. Treasures in, treasures out. We surround ourselves with those who are wise. But not, only, not only will we have good examples in our lives to follow, but their attitudes and their thoughts will also influence our own. For their teaching for their counsel that they can provide us will help us in a way and lead us in a way that is right. If we turn back just a little bit, still in Proverbs 13, but look back to Proverbs 13, verse 14. It says, The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life Turn aside to turn aside from the snares of death. A very interesting comment I read on this passage pointed out that the aorta, the aorta is that great artery which sends blood from the heart to every part of the body. Think of what happens when the aorta is damaged. 
I don't have to think too hard about this. In August 11, 2001, my family saw firsthand what happens when the aorta is damaged. My father was injured while he was on the job. And a piece of metal hit him in the chest. He went to the doctor. He was released. Five days later, he suffered a stroke. We took him to the hospital to find that he was nearly dead. And we were trying to understand what had possibly happened. And when they did the surgery, or when they did the, uh, the CAT scans, they found that a piece of that metal that had hit him was still behind his heart. And it was not only pinching his aorta shut, but it actually pierced it in one spot. It had begun to leak blood out from around out of the aorta into uh, what, what they called the, the cardial sac, which is this, this membrane that surrounds the heart. And basically, it restricted his heart from being able to pump to the point that finally his, his heart couldn't pump blood into his brain. He couldn't get the oxygen that he needed. And he almost died. Thankfully, that the Lord was watching over us. The Lord was with us that day. But I hope that we realize the importance then of wise friends. Wise friends are like the aorta. They are like the fountain of life. And they help us to turn aside from the snares of the death. Uh, of death. They provide us with wise counsel that will keep us possibly from physical death. I've had plenty of friends who have, informed, who have encouraged me not to do something very stupid, which I can look back in time and say thank you. I've had even more friends who have kept me away from spiritual death as well and have stepped in to help me see the error of my way. The wrong kind of friends can be corrupting in an influence. But a friend who is good and a friend who is wise is one that we want to hold on to. And so let's look for just a moment at what Proverbs says about maintaining those relationships and those friendships that we have. Let's look at some of the things which disrupt friendships. Proverbs 17 and verse 9 gives us a good, a good insight into this. It says, He who conceals a transgression seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates intimate friends. We need to be people that aren't just going around repeating everything we hear and everything we see. Have you ever seen a friend who was making a bad decision? Or have you had a friend who came to you and confessed a problem they were dealing with? If we truly love that friend, we're going to take that news and we're going to hold on to it. And we're going to work with them. We're not going to take it and spread it to all and to everybody else. That's not the way that we show them love. I can't tell you how many times that I've had to tell my children, don't be tattletales. They come to us with a problem, and the question that we always ask is, is somebody going to get physically hurt? And if that answer is no, then we don't really want to hear about it. We want you all to work together to solve this problem on your own. I can't tell you how many times I've heard well-meaning Christians tattle on their brothers and sisters. Instead, let's build relationships that focus on going to one another, on working together privately. Or, if, if need be, seeking counsel, but seeking counsel from others when both parties agree on it. Let's make sure that we are not someone who just runs around repeating everything that we hear. Another thing we should watch out for, still in Proverbs 17, is found in verse 14. It says, The beginning of strife is like letting out water. So abandon the quarrel before it breaks out. We need to make sure that we don't get into senseless arguments. The destructive ability of water is absolutely amazing to me. Floods show this with terrifying results. That's why you see most places building levees and building dams to try and control and protect areas from, from these floodwaters. But just a little leak 
Just a crack, just a small hole might seem insignificant, but over time, that trickle can turn into a gushing failure with catastrophic and life-changing results. Likewise, we get into these senseless arguments. Things that don't really seem that important. They can seem small, but we're going to argue over these things anyway. They can lead to bigger fights, and they can lead to destroyed relationships. Let's make sure we watch out. Let's make sure we refrain from getting into senseless arguments. Another one is found in Proverbs 25 and verse 17. Proverbs 25 verse 17 uh, encourages us not to overstay our welcome. It says, let your foot rarely be in your neighbor's house, or he will become weary of you and hate you. Maybe you remember that show. I used to watch it when I was growing up. It's kind of getting a little bit of, of resurgence here lately. A show called Full House. And I don't remember the names and the characters. I'm sure Holly could tell you every one of them. But, but I don't remember all the characters. But there was this one this one character who constantly invited herself over. And, and she was always at the house, it seemed like. And she never took the hint when it was time to leave. And she just always seemed to be on the nerves of everybody that was there. There's an old saying that goes, after three days, both fish and guests begin to stink. And I think these things are, are, are very wise for us to consider. If we are not careful... Our familiarity with our friends could breed contempt. One reason this could be is because if we are always over there, we might find it a little bit easier to start meddling in the affairs that just simply are not our own. Look in Proverbs 26 and verse 17. It says, Like one who takes a dog by the ear is he who passes by and meddles with strife not belonging to him. Have you ever taken a dog by the ear? One of, uh, one of our dogs when I was growing up... Um, beautiful golden golden retriever uh well in, in his oldest older age as he started to lose his sight some of my cousins came over and, and one of them trying to play with him grabbed him by the ear and he bit her because that's what dogs do when you grab them by the ear and when you pull on their ears we have an uncanny ability to do this don't we we have an uncanny ability to meddle to stick our noses into places that they don't belong in keeping friendships healthy, we might do better to put just a little bit more faith in our friends. That if they really need our help, they're going to ask for it. Now certainly there may be times when this isn't the best choice, but most often it is. Another thing we might want to consider, is still found here in Proverbs 26, look in verse 18 through 19. It says, like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death, so is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, was I not joking? I'm pretty sure if we all went outside and saw someone running around with, a, with, with knives and was throwing knives around and had red hot pieces of metal and was slinging those left and right, we'd probably all agree that we have a madman running around the neighborhood. And we need to call 911 and we need to do something because somebody's going to get hurt. Yeah, that's exactly what we are when we willfully sin, even if we do so just in jest. We make ourselves out to be madmen. Those who sin, even in jest, have a very real need to repent in earnest. To repent in honestness. This is not to say that joking, though, is sinful. Obviously, joking can be, can be a great tool for us to not only increase our friendship and to spend time together uh, bringing our morale up, warming our souls, but when we, when we manipulate and when we hurt other people through our jokes... We take the real, very real possibility of ruining those friendships 
and even ruining and endangering our standing with God. Another thing we're encouraged not to do, still here in Proverbs 26, it's found in verse 20, it tells us to avoid being a whisperer. For lack of wood, the fire goes out, and where there is no whisperer, contentions quiet down. This is similar to not repeating everything you see or hear, but there's those people that when we have probably met them in our lives who just seem to feed off of drama. It's like drama fuels their lives. And just like when a fire starts to burn down, you start to feel this desire to stoke that fire back up and feel the heat that comes off that fire. They feel the need to stoke up the flames of contention in their lives. But the, thing, the danger of contention is seen in the very next verse. And verse 21 says, Like charcoal to hot embers and wood to fire, so is, con- so is a contentious man to kindle strife. Who wants to be a friend with someone who is going to lead and who is someone who is going to kindle pain and trouble in their life? It's another thing we need to watch out for when, it, when we are trying to maintain our relationships. And also Proverbs 27 and verse 14 <clears throat> Proverbs 27 and verse 14 says, He who blesses his friend with a loud voice early in the morning, it will be reckoned a curse to him. We need to make sure that we are on guard from insincere flattery. Now, when I first read this, I I, I thought to myself, you know what? If the boys came in my room at four in the morning and all shouted out in unison that I was the, the best father in the world, I would be pretty angry. I would be pretty mad. I would say, you know what? You can wait until I wake up to tell me that. I, would, I, I want to enjoy my rest here. You all need to go on back to bed. That's not exactly what this is talking here. Not only does it become obvious and somewhat insulting when people flatter you in an insincere way, but it draws into question anything nice that you have ever said about them. And certainly when our friends do something worthy, we, we need to give them praise. We should give it to them, but we should never forget where the ultimate praise lies. The ultimate praise lies in giving in being given to God. And how many times do we put the most important thing in our lives first in our lives? First thing in the morning, what is the first thing that we think of? Is it, is it our, our job? Is it getting up and, and get, seeing what's going to be, uh, what we're going to have for breakfast, what we're going to prepare for a meal, what we're going to wear that day, or when we wake up out of bed, is one of the first things and most important things in our life? God. Hopefully it is. Hopefully it is God that, that is the first thing that you, that you come to think about as you wake up. And when we have given first thing in the morning a loud voice to, to praising and flattering others, we certainly are taking emphasis away from where it truly belongs. But not only if we are doing this, if we are, are really trying to puff them up way more than, than what is necessary, we run a very real pr- uh, problem or possibility in puffing them up and in tempting them to be pride. But also, as I said, it takes away our focus from where it rightly belongs. Following this advice will allow us to see the need for good friends. Following this advice will allow us to see the qualities that we find in good friends. And following this advice that we find in Proverbs will help us to maintain good friends. Properly applied, the wisdom of God found in His Word can assure that we enjoy their blessings in this life. But it can also ensure that we can have the opportunity to look forward and enjoy those who are dear to us in the next life. Rather than depending upon trial and error as so many people have done through history, why don't we learn 
how to win friends and how to influence people and how to maintain those friendships from God's Word and from the wisdom and the guidance that He provides us. But, all, but of all the friendships we can possibly develop in our lives, none can excel more than one we can have with Him who truly does stick closer than a brother, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Before, uh, before we begin this sermon, Carl led us in a song, Lily of the Valley. One of the first words that we read in that song is, I have found a friend in Jesus. I ask you this morning, have you, have you become his friend? Consider what he says for us in, in John 15 and verse 13. He says, greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friend. We think of that and we consider just what Jesus has done for us. And then we stop and we consider what it is he asks of us in return. The very next verse, verse 14, he says, If you are my friends, you are my friends if you do what I command you. Have we done what he commands? Have we, ha- have we uh, submitted ourselves in obedience to him? Have we placed him in the proper place in our life? Have we submitted him to him not only as the Savior of our life, but also as the Lord, the King of our life? This afternoon, you have an opportunity to do so if you haven't done so already but more likely you have an opportunity to correct some things that maybe have crept up in your life to, to damage that relationship, to take you away from, from Him who has spent His blood to redeem you. I encourage you not to wait any longer. If there's any way we can assist you this afternoon, please come forward now as we stand and sing.